Welcome to Hey Change, a place where we question the truth and find happiness in new realities. If you are ready to become a climate optimist and to see the world from a new set of eyes, you have come to the right place. I am so excited to have you here and I cannot wait to begin. So let's dive in. Let's embrace some change. Hi guys, thank you for tuning in. I am sitting in a car by a lake in Massachusetts where, which is a place I'm quarantining in right now. And I was thinking of a place I could sit and record this that had little background noise and where I wasn't disturbed. And since I'm sharing a very small place with my husband at the moment where we're both working from home, I realized I just need to drive myself to a lake. And here I am wrapped up in a blanket. It's sort of snowing, sort of raining out. Uh, it's those final days before spring. And um, I think the best way to describe it is it's just a weird time. And I know that we all feel the same way. So let's just embrace that. Let's just say it's a weird time and it's a beautiful thing because weird can be great. And I know it's also a scary time, obviously. And I hope all of you are safe. I send all my blessings and love out to anyone who's struggling right now, who have relatives or family who are not well, or who are in the risk of finding themselves in a very dire situation. So all my blessings go out to the people who are on the front lines working for this, who are afraid or worried. And I can't imagine what it's like to to be hospitalized at this time and to be caught in this virus it's obviously a very scary thing and that should not be overlooked but I also want to really emphasize what a beautiful time it is right now and actually the magic that can come through all of this so I'm excited to record this first episode of a climate optimist class in a time of quarantine from a car in Massachusetts where it's a sort of a storm outside and I'm cozied up and I feel so close to you right now and let's dive in Times like these are perfect for retruthing and retruthing is a word that I have come up with myself because I started thinking about my own life and how I was living it and the values I lived by and realized that there is a way where we can just reframe how we see things and how we think about things and ultimately by reframing them we start living completely different realities and completely different lives and when I was thinking about the word that best described my new insight I couldn't really find one so I made up retruthing which basically means that you take something that you find to be your truth your personal truth and then you flip the narrative and you come up with a new truth which is ultimately the retruthing so retruthing is an exercise that anyone can do at any given time that has the power to change your life and ultimately change the world. And so today we're going to talk about your true thing because it's the foundation of any sort of positive change. And what's so powerful about it is that you have the power in your hands to do this. You don't need the support of someone else. You don't need the support of a government. Retruthing can happen on an individual level. And the more of us who start doing it, we are going to start planting seeds and start lighting light. And that light and those seeds will grow. And soon we will find ourselves in a forest so abundant, so thriving, so green and lush. And it's the forest of change that we have all planted. We will get back to this exercise of retruthing very shortly. I just want to really give you an insight of why we are here. I'm so happy that you're tuning in uh, and I'm excited to know that you are 
ready or at least interested in becoming a climate optimist. And I know that the term climate optimist can be sort of weird to hear at first, because what does that even mean? And we are also going to uncover that here shortly. But I want you to understand, first of all, that being a climate optimist does not mean that you are delusional. It doesn't mean that you don't understand what's going on. You're not in any sort of denial. Climate optimists are looking at reality for exactly what it is. We understand that, yep, things are like shit right now. There is so much we need to do. We have very little time to do it. But I'm choosing to go about it from a place of optimism and hope and from those driving forces I can get to action because what I've realized is there is so much anger and fear and frustration around climate change right now and I don't blame anyone for feeling that way because if you look at all the data and all the science there is many reasons to freak out however if we only freak out and we don't have any clear directions of what to do or how to react about it the only thing that happens is that we turn inwards And we sort of put that in a different corner where we don't want to go to. And instead of getting to the action that needs to get done, we feel overwhelmed, we feel frustrated, we feel anger, depression. And those are all sorts of mental disorders that we are seeing a huge rise in right now, especially young younger people. So in schools, among kids, people are starting to develop climate depression, which ultimately means that we're heading towards an anti-goal, a goal that we don't want to... Um, achieve, which is, you know, the destruction of our planet. So what happens is when we have all these indicators of how we're killing the planet and no one seems to be getting to action about it, we feel like shit. So if you have ever found yourself being sad or worried or anxious around climate change, first of all, know that you're not alone. And secondly, understand that it's not your fault. Okay. It's a human response It's a normal human response to when something is so dire and so scary that we actually don't do anything. And it comes from this paralyzing fear of ultimately survival. It's a social mental survival because if we don't know what to do and there is no fight or flight reaction that gets sparked within us, then what we want to do as a species is to find reasons to why we don't have to care about it right now. Uh, and put it in a different corner that we can deal with later because there are so many other things in life that you need to or want to address instantly like you know what am I going to eat tonight what am I going to wear to be accepted how am I going to show up in the world so that people respect me so that I respect myself there are so many things that we worry about on a constant daily level so to be able to tackle something at the scale of climate change is really hard And so the reason why I don't believe that fear-based change works for climate justice or climate action is because it's too big. It's ultimately too uncertain, it's too big, and it's something that we can't wrap our heads around. Let's say, for example, we compare it to the COVID-19 crisis that we're in right now. The reason I believe that the world was so capable of getting to action so quickly is ultimately because the anti-goal at hand, which is I don't want to catch this virus, I don't want to die, and I definitely do not want to spread it to someone who could die from it. It's very scary, it feels very real, and it feels close to us. It can happen to anyone. It spreads so quickly so anyone around the world could get this. So the anti-goal at hand feels close, it's relatable, and it's scary. And that is one of the two things we need to get to action right away. 
The second one is that we were given very clear directions of how to address this um, this crisis. We have been asked to stay inside, to social distance ourselves. We were asked to wash our hands properly. All these things were sort of like universal asks for everyone and directions for all of us to just adapt right away. And this just shows that the humans are really good at getting to action about something that feels scary enough and that we're giving clear enough directions of what to do. So in those moments, we either fight or we flight, right? It's the fear that triggers that response. And it could look like if you're trying to fight, if it's, you know, if you find yourself in an argument with someone, that someone's attacking your belief system, you instantly want to protect yourself and come up with an argument to like, no, that's not true. And you start getting aggressive and defensive and you build up all this anger and frustration within you. That's, that's you fighting. Or you say, I don't want to be part of this. I'm just going to leave. Like, I'm out of here. Um, so those fight and flight responses are very effectful when, again, something feels close enough, when something's scary enough, when it feels urgent enough because it's happening right now. However, with climate change, although it's arguably scarier um, than the current crisis, because if we are to continue to unfold this disaster, we will soon find ourselves in a future where there is going to be corona crisis times 10 happening all over the world all the time. The resources are going to run low super quickly. There are going to be refugees all over the place. And there's going to be, you know, shortage of food, of supply. There's not going to be any clean air to breathe anymore. So if you find it uncomfortable having to wear a mask right now, just imagine not being able to step out your door and breathe because literally the air is so bad you can't breathe anymore. And these are unfortunately the future we're looking at right now unless we do anything. And one might argue that, well, that should be scary enough for people to get to action. But the thing is this, it's still in the future, right? We're still talking about then, soon, it's going to happen. It's not right now. It's still to be knocking on your door. And so when something is so far out, it's really hard to find the motivation to get to action. And it's just a human response. It's no one's fault. And it doesn't matter how much we tell ourselves, I need to care about this. I'm, I'm afraid enough to do something about it. Because secondly, too, we don't really know what to do. Or we do know what to do, but there's so many things to tackle. So like, where do you even start, right? And then you start doing something and then you meet a person who is like, um, it's great that you know that, but have you also considered yada, yada, yada. So there's all this like, stream of information that continues to just bombard you and ultimately what happens is you feel overwhelmed you feel discouraged and you don't know what to do and in that instance when you are facing a fear you are facing an anti-goal which is climate change but it's put in the equation where you actually don't really know how to address it what would you do instead you just sort of internalize it and it builds up as anxiety and when you don't do what you know ultimately is needed to be done, what happens then is the anxiety grows and you feel even worse about it. So I'm talking a lot about the issues here, but I need to, I think it's important that we understand the situation that we're in because the rise of climate depression, which is the, the natural response to our inaction to address climate change is just making it worse. First of all, we're feeling really bad about it. We're getting anxious. We're getting depressed. And secondly, this depression is costing us not being able to move. We're not making the moves needed because that incentive, I would say, the incentive for change is not there. 
So what the Climate Optimist class is about is understanding that living a life in abundance and happiness and health and wealth is what is going to make you the most powerful, impactful eco-warrior out there. And this is something that I realized myself many years ago when I found myself crying all the time. I was so angry. I was so upset. I was literally feeling Mother Earth hurting inside me. And it seemed like no one else cared. I just kept asking myself, how is it that no one cares about this? How is it that I don't do more? And this frustration was eating me up from the inside. And I was crying in the shower. I was sometimes crying myself to bed. And ultimately I realized this is not a way of living life and I'm not doing anything better like I'm not doing any good by sitting at home crying about it so I made it my mission to be an optimist and to just continue to find whatever light there is and feed off that light and choose to be that light and spread that light and that is why I hope you're here I hope you're here because you're ready to be the light and I hope you are ready to seek the light and soon enough I hope you will understand that by seeking and being the light, you are going to make a tremendous change in the world. That brings me back to retruthing and this exercise that we're about to do here, because it's really important that we understand that who we are, what we do, how we think and how we act is all based on data that you have collected since you were born. So see it as you are born as a clean slate like a microchip that hasn't been programmed yet. But then through your experiences from culture, from society, your family, your friends, maybe your heart was broken because someone dumped you in a really bad way, all those things that happen to you, start programming your data system. And all this data, all these subconscious thoughts that you have been collecting over such a long period of time makes up for the truths that you live by today. And I don't think that no, I don't think anyone is a bad person. I really don't think people are bad. However, sometimes I think that the truths that they are operating by are sort of outdated. And I'm going to give you a really good example of that. Our president, Donald Trump, he does not believe in climate change. According to his truth, climate change is not real. One might say it's up to anyone to make their own truth, which is totally true. Like we can all live by whatever truth we choose to. But since he's operating from these truths and the truth of climate change not being real, he's making decisions that are harmful for the whole planet and that could actually put our, all of our futures in jeopardy. So I think that Donald Trump needs to do some retruthing. He needs to look at himself and say, what am I programming is outdated? What is no longer accurate? And how can I reflect on my life and what I believe and retruth my, my world and my personality and my, my life so that I can be a better person? So it's no one's fault that we live according to our current truths. However, I do think it's our responsibility to constantly reflect on ourselves, what we believe to be true, what we're doing, and retruth our worlds. So the excess of retruthing is actually really fun. Um, it can seem scary at first, but I think if we look at it from a lens of excitement and growth and personal transformation, it can be really exciting. So the definition of retruthing, which is a verb, meaning redefining the truth is the willingness to question what is and to let go of ideas thoughts and perceptions as they have lived in our heads up until now in order to co-create a sustainable and more compassionate future retruthing refers to one's ability to understand that things and circumstances always change and that it is our duty as human beings to adapt to the flow of change to constantly find ourselves in new worlds 
communities, and realities. New truths. Let's do a retruthing exercise together to see what that can actually look like in practice. And I want you to pay attention as I read out these following two truths. How will they resonate with you and how do they make you feel? So really sit and listen and try to just tune in and feel if this truth resonates with you or not. So truth number one, change is hard and scary. I don't really like change because it means uncertainty, the potential of failure, and ultimately unnecessary complications. I feel like change is always forced upon me when I least expect it, and it throws me off the loop. The fact that the world around me is so uncertain and ever-changing frightens me. How am I supposed to know what to expect, and how am I supposed to live my life in that world? That's truth number one. Now let's move on to truth number two. Ah, change is so fun and exciting. You know, you never know what awaits you around the corner if you're just curious enough to find out. And I love change because it empowers me to become someone new. Life is ever-changing and I want to be ever-changing too. It's such a beautiful thing to be on this ongoing transformational journey that is life. By embracing change and seeking opportunities to grow, I know I will live a life where I truly, truly get to thrive. Change here has no meaning, right? Change is just a word. Change is whatever meaning we give it. And if you sort of resonated with both of these truths, that's totally fine too, because there is such a power in how we tell the stories around our lives and the power that we give to words. So either you can tell yourself that change is scary. I don't know what's going on. And the fact that everything is so uncertain right now is terrifying because how am I supposed to know what to act and how am I supposed to know what's going to happen tomorrow? Or you can choose to see, wow, like I knew we needed change, you know, like society needed to wake up. And ultimately, I think this is a beautiful thing. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow and I cannot wait to find out. Who am I going to be? I don't know. I might wake up tomorrow with a completely different feeling or I might go to bed tonight thinking something completely new. The idea that something can happen today, anything that can completely flip my world is so exciting and so exhilarating. And once you start seeing change this way, you open up yourself to new opportunities you never even knew existed before. I also know that saying this is one thing, living by change in excitement is a different story. And I want to just quickly share a story from my own life so you understand that I did not used to be this person. When I grew up, when I was little, I hated change. It was like my biggest worst enemy and I can I can give you so many stories on when I was a child and my poor mom and my poor dad had to deal with me because I just was such a stubborn little girl and one year I thought we had ruined Christmas because my mom decided to buy new Christmas curtains for our kitchen which you know looking back now I feel like an idiot because how can you ruin Christmas with curtains however in my world that changed everything I I loved waking up to those specific Christmas curtains every Christmas morning it was just I don't know it was just these these red velvety Christmas curtains they gave such hope and warmth and it was Christmas to me so when she told me she had bought new curtains I freaked out I honestly cried for I think two hours and I also think that those curtains didn't make it up that year so I was a kid did not like change. I love to be able to plan everything, 
I wanted to know exactly what was going to happen. One of my favorite things to do was to lay in bed at night and think about my coming week and the coming month and then the coming year. Like, okay, Monday, I know this is going to happen. And then next weekend, this is going to happen. And then I have plans for a month from now. And it's just, I was living my life according to my own plan. And then when things didn't go as planned, I tried to change them. So you might understand now that I was spending a lot of my youth trying to fix things that didn't happen the way I planned them because things rarely do and there have been times when I've been trying to convince boyfriends that breaking up with me was a bad decision and (laughs) needless to say that's that in itself is a bad idea so trying to fix things and not being in the flow of change ultimately stopped me from living my life for such a long time and it wasn't until one day in my early 20s I was at home in my student apartment in Sweden and this quote came to me through my Instagram feed that completely flipped my world. And the quote read, keep some room in your heart for the unimaginable. Keep some room in your heart for the unimaginable. My reaction in that moment was, what, what, the f- what does this mean? What does the unimaginable mean? Because I had lived keep in mind, I had lived my 20 years always imagining what was next to come. So to keeping any room in my heart for something that I couldn't even imagine yet, at first I was like freaking out. But then I was like, oh my goodness, I have no idea what life is going to throw at me. And I have no way of anticipating my future. And if if I continue to try to be in control of everything, I'm going to block the magic. You know, I'm not going to know what's going to come to me next. And if I want to know everything, there's no way I'm paving a path for all those unimaginable things to to occur. So in that moment, I chose to try something different. I told myself, okay, you're still dwelling over the relationship that ended two years ago. You are still living in in an apartment four blocks away from your parents. You went to school in your hometown, even though you had promised yourself that that was not going to happen. How far have you come trying to plan and fix everything? Not that very far. And I was like, what? you know, there are dreams that I've had as a child that I never wanted to even acknowledge before, but maybe they were supposed to enter my life. Maybe my old dream as being a model that I would never, ever tell anyone was my dream. Maybe that was, that would one day be true. So I started looking at life from this lens and I started thinking to myself, maybe I should just try some new things, you know, see what happens, be more open. And every morning I would wake up so excited and I thought to myself, can't wait to see what's going to happen today. I have no idea what's going to come my way, but I am excited. And it's funny to think how quickly I changed just by changing this narrative in my head. And I'm not going to bore you by giving you my whole life story, but I'll say this. Today, I live in New York with my loving and daring husband. We just spent two years in San Francisco. We road tripped the country twice, once when we moved there and then when we moved back, which was amazing both times. Um, I'm back in New York, the city of my dreams. I am not a model per se today, but I do run my own modeling agency because I became a model and soon realized that that wasn't for me and it didn't really resonate with my mission, which is to work for the planet. So... I started looking around for an agency that potentially represented models like me who wanted to speak up about things they care about, realized that agency didn't really exist, so I chose to start my own. And it's been three years since my business partner and I started Role Models Management. Uh, We now have about 200 models around the world, and it's a thrilling thought 
to think about. And I think if I had told myself that girl who was sitting in her student apartment dwelling over that broken relationship almost 10 years ago now that I would be here in New York running my own agency today, actually not just an agency, but the first ethical global agency in the world, I would probably laugh out loud and say, you're you're an idiot. Like, no, that's never going to happen. So my point being is, you have no idea what's going to happen unless you open yourself up to the unimaginable. And that's why we're here. We are here to start giving space for that magic to happen. And I know we're here to talk about the climate, but this relates so much to the climate, more than we even understand. Because when it comes to climate change, there is no way we can know what the future is going to look like. We have no idea what the future will look like if this disaster continues to unfold. If we don't do anything, if we ignore Greta and her desperate tries for us to wake up, we continue on our current path and we end up in a inevitable disaster. What is that going to look like? We have no idea. Yeah, we can, you know, sort of paint a picture of what that might look like, but in our hearts, in our deepest soul, we are yet to understand what that reality will look like. And since we can't imagine it, it's really hard to act upon it. At the same time, there's no way we can imagine the future as it will look like if we do get to action. What sort of future will we find ourselves in if we do all that needs to get done, if we head for a regenerative and thriving future where we live in unison with one another and with Mother Earth again in combination with technology? So this is a future where we have that we haven't seen yet because we are yet to install all these new thought patterns, this new way of thinking about society, everything is going to have to change. And since we haven't seen that yet, there's no way you can, in your heart, imagine what that future will be like. It's going to be a beautiful one, but you can't know. And so right now, the best thing you can do is to slow down, sit down with yourself and say, how can I open up my heart for the unimaginable? How can I allow for magic to come my way? How can I open up my mindset and understand that I don't know everything? No one on this planet today knows everything. And that is okay. We don't have to have everything figured out yet. Because as long as we start, as long as we get going, we will figure it out. And it's a scary thought to think that you need to start a journey that you don't know where you'll end up. It's actually sort of terrifying. At the same time, if you shift the narrative around it, you can say, I'm not scared at all because I know that I have it in me to pivot. I know that I will continue to figure out my way as I move along. So if you can find trust in yourself and if you can tell yourself that you are, first of all, allowed to be wrong because everyone's wrong all the time, you're allowed to accept the fact that you have been wrong, but then you're willing to question and you're willing to re reflect and you're willing to re-truth. Continue to do that on a constant cycle and you are soon going to be an ultimate eco-warrior. And so that is why I believe that only by becoming a climate optimist, someone who is willing to see the truth in the eye and say, all right, this is the reality right now. You know, there's a lot of work to be done, but I am not going to give up. I am going to start and I'm going to look at my life and I'm going to say, let's get to action. And as long as you do that and you act every single day, you wake up and you find that courage 
and you find that optimism, if it's only the fact that the coffee tastes really good that morning, if that's the only optimistic thought you can muster, look for it, find it, feed off it, and then you go ahead. The best way you can make an impact right now is starting to get to know yourself. And that is why this time with COVID-19, when you're forced to step out of your hamster wheel, that is your regular life, when you're forced to just be at home and you're forced to be bored because, oh my God, I've been so bored so many times these past few weeks. Boredom is good, right? Because like it forces you to slow down. And when you're bored, that opens up to creativity. So it's a beautiful time to really get to know yourself on a deeper level. And when you start getting to know yourself, it can be sort of scary because things can come up to surface that you had no idea you were holding on to. Or it could be something that you thought you dealt with years ago that's going to resurface. And in the moment, it feels uncomfortable, but ultimately it's something that you need to let out. And in future episodes of the Climate Optimist class, we are going to talk a lot more about embracing your feelings and letting the tears flow and all those sorts of things. But I just want you to understand that it's takes a lot of courage to get to know yourself. It takes a lot of courage to open up to the unknown. But ultimately in that courage comes a lot of excitement too. It's a feeling of fulfillment. And I love I love this journey because as soon as you take the first step, you've sort sort of already made it, right? Like usually when we think of a goal, it's like, okay, there are all these things I need to do. And then finally, at some point, I will reach my goal and I'll be there. And once I reach the goal, I'll be so happy. I'll be so proud of myself for making it. When it comes to climate change, the goal is if we ever reach it so far into the future where we have no idea what it looks like, you know, how many times have we pivoted and changed the goals since we got started. And, you know, even when we reach a goal, there's going to be another goal. So trying to live by a goal and a destination is just not going to work. So the goal here is just to get started and to remember that every single day is a new challenge and every single day is a beautiful opportunity for you to become someone new and to start building on a new world. And the good thing about this is that you don't have to struggle and to then one day feel proud. No, you can wake up tomorrow and feel proud right away. So I would say a good first step on this journey is to take some time now since you are given an opportunity to just be with yourself. Um, so find a corner if you are stuck in an apartment with other people or if you can step outside, if you're fortunate enough to be somewhere where you can go outside and be in Mother Nature, it's very, very healing. Just find a place for yourself, even if that means putting on some music in your ears so you don't get distracted. But just sit down and be with yourself a little bit, ask questions, see what comes up, say, hey, how, how are you doing? You know, how are you feeling? Um, if the answer is I feel pretty shitty right now and say, okay, all right, it's okay. It's okay to feel shitty. You know, it's just a feeling. Let it out. Let it be. Don't try to always make stories about everything. We create our own lives through stories. And this is something I struggle with every single day. And thank God I have people who keep reminding me that I'm creating my own stories. Um, because they can take over. But try to just sit down and listen. What do I value? What do I think is important? And then am, are my actions aligned with my values? Could they ultimately change a little bit? 
What is something I've been interested in but haven't had time to to learn? An Instagram, I saw this IGTV that was really interesting and then I was supposed to look into it but I didn't have time. Maybe I should find it again and just see what comes to me if I watch it. And I know that for some people, getting to know yourself on such a deep level can be scary. Um, mainly because we're so used to the constant noise from the outside world of this never-ending stream of other people's opinions and other people's thoughts and facts and in media and social media. And ultimately, it's a beautiful thing. I'm so grateful that we have social media because we can continue to share knowledge and wisdom and information. But if we never allow ourselves to tap into our own truth and to ask ourselves, is this something that I resonate with? And who, how do we even know if that is the truth that we want to live by, right? We have to really practice tapping into ourselves and asking those hard questions and start listening to what comes up because it's scary to think that the world is running fast forward on a belief system that's not true. So I think everyone, it's a responsibility that everyone has is to really reflect on what you find to be right and the thing is this you know that deep part of yourself knows what's right and all we have to do is to be quiet and listen and once what you will start notice as soon as you practice this retruthing is that it's a very powerful exercise for once and it's also going to really change what you believe is possible it's going to change what you find to be acceptable and it's going to change what you believe can be done. So if we start retruthing our lives, we can start retruthing the rules that we live by. So what's cool? What's fashionable? How do we act to be considered normal, right? All these things that we live by that is so ingrained in our truths that can be changed in a heartbeat. It used to be cool to buy a lot of shit all the time, right? It's like, I cannot show up to a party with the same dress or people are going to laugh at me. That's the truth that you just chose to live by. Or we can say, you know what? It's so damn cool to wear one thing and it's my it's my, my code, right? Like this red dress, for example, it looks so good on me. And every time I wear it, people come up to me and give me such beautiful comments that I, I'm going to make it my statement dress. I'm going to wear it to every single party because that's who I am. Maybe that's cool. Maybe renting stuff is cool. I don't know what's cool. You choose what's cool or not. And I think we need to start finding truths that cool is whatever is good for everyone, including our planet, including people in other countries, right? So if if you look at the truths that you live by and you don't know if this is ultimately the best truth for everyone involved, if this is not the most regenerative, wholesome truth that you could live by, then maybe there's some deeper digging that needs to be done. I used to be a shopaholic. I actually had to ban myself from going to, to into town or like even close to stores because I knew that there was no way I wasn't going to buy something. And it got to a point where I had to hide stuff from my mom and I had to hi- actually hide stuff from myself because I was so embarrassed by the fact that I kept shopping so much. I was the ultimate shopaholic and the cheaper the better because I wanted to buy as many items as possible for as little money as possible and I was a student so I didn't have that much and I was really really you know trying to be creative with what I could buy and then I started this journey of 
climate optimism or whatever you want to say. And I kept learning so much and I started reflecting on, you know, my values and my habits and soon enough learned a lot about fashion and the industry and what goes on behind closed doors and how actually the clothes I'm wearing are very toxic to me. And all this new knowledge just did not at all resonate with my truth or at all resonate with the things that I wanted to live by. So yeah, it was it was uncomfortable understanding that I had been wrong for so many years. But then I was like, you know what though, girl, you didn't know better. That was just the truth that you lived by. It was not your fault. And I want you to remember it's never your fault, okay? We are wrong. The whole society, every person, maybe except for some of the indigenous people living out there, humankind today has been wrong for so many years but the beautiful thing is that we now start, are starting to understand that we've been wrong and from this new information we can start reflecting and retruthing and make sure that whatever we do next is going to be a lot more aligned with the truth that you want to live by so take this opportunity take this time in isolation take this time in quietness and boredom or whatever it is you want to call it to really start reflecting on how can you become the most aligned person that you can be right now? Take it one step at a time. Don't get overwhelmed. Just choose to wake up tomorrow. Choose to seek out the light. Choose to be the light and tell yourself that I'm an awesome person. It's a really exciting time to be alive. I get to be part of this humongous shift that needs to happen right now in the human consciousness. And that is a freaking awesome thing, right? If you think about it, it is the weirdest time in history, probably. But it's also the time where all of us, not just country by country or race or gender, but all of us, everyone in the entire world gets to be part of the same mission. We are all here to level up, to change our consciousness, to find different ways of living life and then we head into a different future. It's a future we cannot see right now, but it's a freaking good one. And it's a future where we have learned to live in symbiosis with Mother Earth through technology, through rethinking the systems, and through understanding that only by slowing down and accepting things for what they are, and then seeing the beauty and choosing to be in alignment with your own light and with your own truth, that is how we are going to change the world. If that was a lot of information to process, don't worry. I will continue to go into this more deeply in the next coming episodes. And if you have any questions or if things come up, always feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. It's Therese Janeri. You can also find me on Hey Change World, which is H-E-Y change world. My website is heychange.world and there's a contact information page there. Also, I really want to share this journey with you. I am far from perfect. I struggle all the time. And with that said, I really hope that we can find a lot of power in coming together in choosing to see the light and remind each other of the light and by doing so, we can start planting seeds and those seeds will grow and we will soon find ourselves in a thriving, beautiful forest of change. So please reach out, please connect with me. And I would also love to hear your true things. So I'm going to give you a little homework, which is just to sit down and reflect on 
what is one truth that I live by, that I probably lived by for a very long time, that doesn't really resonate with me anymore. And whatever comes to mind, write it down, see if you can start flipping around the words, see if you can just change the meaning around the word and come up with a new truth. And then you write down a new truth and you hang it up somewhere where you can see it when you wake up in the morning. And then you start really practicing living your life according to that new truth. And if you wouldn't mind, I would love to see those new truths. So send me a DM, tell me about it, tell me how that made you feel. Maybe tell me how your life started changing from living according to this new truth. And um, if you want to post about it, you can just use the hashtag retruth or retruthing. And I'll start looking around there too. But it doesn't have to be something big, you know. We're not here to change the world the, the normal sense of changing the world but but we're here to change our personal worlds so just by changing something small about yourself you're gonna make a huge step for humanity and ask someone to do it with you you know like really start spreading this around and in this time of uncertainty and a lot of fear is surfacing and circulating choose to be the one with hope choose to be the one who says oh my goodness this is such a crazy time and we have no idea who we are going to be as a world as a people as society who knows what is going to happen after this right and when is that going to be when are we going to start going back to normal and what even is normal maybe there's a new normal and maybe that's a beautiful thing maybe that is exactly what we've been needing this whole time and now it's happening so find some comfort in that and have some fun retruthing and I cannot wait to speak to you soon. I hope you have a lovely day and that wherever you are right now, you're taking a deep breath and you're saying, it's okay, I got this and I'm choosing to be light.